0: This is the beauty of being in a blended service, a service where we all celebrate as one body. We are a church, one church, that worships in two very distinctive ways, and it is part of the beauty of what we are as a church. As you hear the scripture readings this morning, see if you can pick out what it means to be the church.
1: From Hebrews 10. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And from the Gospel of John, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit Fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands, so that you may love one another. Holy wisdom, holy word.
0: Thanks be to God. So, before I invite our three folks up, I want to ask you, as you heard those scriptures, what did you hear? What does it mean to be the church anybody what does it mean meeting together. It means meeting together okay what else family, family. what else service. okay one at a time what Dave service, service. what else Acceptance. okay what else encouragement, encouragement. You, you know there was one word in there that is it doesn't translate well from the ancient languages. And you remember the first kind of message, the first scripture that Shannon read. It was the word provoke. Provoke. The other translation of that, and and again, is to spur one another on. It's not necessarily a positive word. It is to motivate one another toward love and good deeds. It is to be there for one another, to hold one another accountable, but to also be the community that is the church. I had an interesting conversation with a couple who came here um, for the first service at 8.50. And we spent about an hour together this morning. And they have come from a background that was... um, a Christian background that did not necessarily accept others well. And some, and friends of theirs as well, have gone through some times of feeling judged by the church and in some incredibly difficult ways. And they're looking for a place, some church, that will accept them even with their flaws. Anybody in this room able to relate to that? But how many continue to judge and yet they're coming back because they met a few of you and you didn't necessarily reveal your flaws but you were so open and accepting and loving to them that they will be back. That's what the church needs to be. The staff knows and you're going to hear it a little bit more next week the staff understands that over this next year you're going to hear the phrase widening the table a lot of opening ourselves to others so that others can have their stories heard and even defined and redefined with our help. And I want to invite now Lee Fox, Dorothy Bennett and Jenny Andrews to come forward and have a seat up here. And as they come, what you will find is, let me go over here. I'm just going to make sure that, just making sure she's okay. Getting up there. Gotcha. And just get comfortable. Dorothy, okay? You got that? Okay the beginning of worship what I asked all of you was to talk about why do you come to church what was interesting in some of the conversations with these three of, of it sounds like such a simple question until you begin to think more deeply about it and so I've asked each of the three to talk about why do you come to church and so I want to start maybe Lee why don't we No, let's let's start Dorothy let's start with you and work this I don't know, I just got the teacher look. So, (laughs) and let's just work. Oh, is it good? Okay. Let's do that and just work our way over to Lee. So,
2: I presume this is on. Okay. I was asked to speak to the question of why do I come to church? At first, it seemed it would be obvious, rather like why do you eat lunch? But the more I considered how to answer, the more it became apparent that I had never really thought about church attendance as a choice. My family was always connected to a church. My grandfather was a minister and gave many of the sermons at our community church when I was young. He was not a fire and brimstone preacher and had a quirky sense of humor. My grandparents lived in an apartment on the second floor of our house. We always had friends from church as guests at Sunday dinner. Two kinds of meat and two kinds of pie at my grandfather's request. And I can remember one of his funny comments, we all eat over a ton of dirt every day. Of course, our guests quickly realized that our cellar had a dirt floor. (laughs) isn't that corny (laughs) at this time mom and dad sang in the church choir we siblings memorized our required bible verses every week and participated in family church activities our family moved from Spokane Valley to Spokane when I was a junior in high school we attended St. Paul's Methodist I sang in the choir was a district officer in MYF and a summer counselor at Twinlow, a Methodist camp in Idaho. But I had never thought about not going to church. We were married in a lovely Methodist church in Coeur by our favorite pastor. During the next 10 years, we had our three wonderful boys and of course took them to Sunday school. We both taught Sunday school for several years and as automatic as Sunday school were Boy Scouts, music lessons sports and school these were just the kind of things that we believed to be important to us and our families and we were happy how many of us live our lives as we were raised without examining alternatives more closely perhaps more than we realize so i began to consider what church means to me. There's far more to church than the sermon and the music. However, a very good friend of mine, whom I would consider to be an evangelical Christian, gave me these as her reasons for attending church. And knowing her as well as I do, I realized that she has only given me her most surface reasons for going to church. With that in mind, I began to believe that many of us don't really examine all the factors that propel us to church attendance. And I started to look at all the expectations I have for my church. Church is a community, a community that fosters and supports our faith. We grow in our faith with the help of the education we acquire from sermons, classes, conversations, and many points of view For most of the last 10 years, we have attended classes on the Bible taught by our ministers. The in-depth studies have educated us on parts of the Bible that we have not known well and helped us to understand better parts of the Bible that are used as facts but may have been poorly interpreted. Prayer has become much more a constant part of my life, and I have found prayer to be a many-faceted way to communicate with God We often think of asking God for solutions, for comfort, for health, and for relief from bad situations. But prayer can be a constant conversation with God to give us strength and confidence, as well as the opportunity to offer praise or thanksgiving. If we must miss Communion Sunday, there seems to be a void in the month. Here is our opportunity to open our total selves to God and talk to God about the most important happenings in our lives, such as concern about a grandchild or a relative that we cannot personally help but know that God can. Additionally, I find such pleasure in the friendships we have made in our church. What a variety and how much that variety adds to the fabric of our lives. And friendship, conversation, laughter, Sharing concerns is one of the most valuable aspects of belonging to a church family Through some of these friends. I have become involved in charities that I find to be greatly satisfying It is part of our faith to contribute to the well-being of others After considering all of these ideas I am truly grateful to have been led to attend church and even if I didn't consciously make that decision on my own I hope that some of you will have the chance to think over the reasons for why do I come to church?
0: Thank you. So Jenny, why do you come to church?
3: Well, like Dorothy when Brad asked me to talk for 5 minutes about why I come to church, I thought no, you know, this is no brainer. And then yo, I thought about it and it was a lot harder than I imagined. And I realize that what draws me to church is different every single time I walk through the doors. And maybe you feel the same way, but, you know, I think we probably all hope to deepen our faith by attending church. But what makes me set my alarm clock every Saturday night is different every week. So today I'm going to take a risk, and I'm going to tell you why I'm coming to church now in this intensely political season, that somehow we're all managing to survive through. But before I do that, I want to read something to you. Um, Several years ago, I was asked to write an invocation for my Rotary meeting. It was something I had done many times, but this was right before Christmas. And when I prayed about what to speak about, um, this is what God put on my heart. Heavenly Father... Help me to remember that that jerk who cut me off in traffic last night may also be a single mother who worked nine hours that day and was rushing home to cook dinner, help with homework, do the laundry, and spend a few precious hours with her children before dropping exhausted into bed. Help me to remember that the pierced, tattooed, disinterested barista who couldn't make change to save his soul may also be a worried 19-year-old college student balancing his apprehensions over final exams with his fear of not getting his student loans next semester. Remind me, Lord, that the scary-looking bum begging for money in the same spot every day who really ought to get a job may also be a slave to addictions that I can only imagine in my worst nightmares. Help me to remember that the old couple walking annoyingly slow through the store aisles and blocking my shopping progress may be savoring this moment, knowing that based on the biopsy report she received last week, this will be the last year they Christmas shop together. Heavenly Father, remind us each day that of all the gifts you give us, the greatest gift is love. It is not enough to share that love with those we hold dear. That's easy. Open our hearts, not just to those who are close to us, but to all humanity. Let us be slow to judge and quick to forgive. In all things, let us show patience, empathy, and love. So, think back on the last few weeks. The political conventions, the crazed rantings of the shrill Rachel Maddow or the pompous Sean Hannity. The accusations coming from both parties, the vitriol, the demonizing, the hatred. Where's God's love in all of that? So right now, I'm coming to church to find peace, to reconnect with God's love, to sit for an hour in a room full of people whose political beliefs may vary and may, may, may be wildly, but whose faith in God and humanity is steadfast. If I were to rewrite my rotary invocation for today, maybe it would read something like this. Heavenly Father, please help me to remember that despite what the media would have us all believe, we are all, every single one of us, children of God. The liberal, big government Democrat and the conservative, free market Republican are equally loved in God's eyes, both made in God's image and both blessed by our Creator. Help us, Lord, to transcend what divides us and focus on what draws us together. As the rhetoric increases, remind us to be quick to listen and slow to judge, eager to build bridges and to work together to lift up all of God's children. So true confessions, it's not easy for me. (laughs) I can be as judgmental as the next person. It's something I struggle with and I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess that maybe some of you struggle with it too. (laughs) So right now I'm coming to Aldersgate because I believe that grace really does happen here. And I want more of that in my life. Moreover, I wanna bring that grace with me and be an instrument of God's peace wherever I go. So I'm grateful to Brad and to each one of you because I suspect you're on a similar quest. And with God's grace, even in this crazy tumultuous anything but peaceful time i think we can be beacons of god's love
0: hmm. thank you jenny so lee i'm going to i'm going to do something cuz i know where you're going with this can i bring those flowers up here sure. and put them right beside sure. you okay There we go. So, Lee, why do you come to church?
4: I began going to church when I was a very small child, and I went to that church because that's where my family went to church. There you go. And that church was a, a small, small meaning number wise, country church in a farming community in south central Illinois. And I have many memories of that church one of them is that we did not have ministers we had preachers people who uh felt uh, compelled to get up and share with us their interpretation of the bible and a lot of those interpretations were fire and brimstone it was enough to scare a small child out of the church but my most fond memory is of my first sunday school teacher she was an older lady meaning older than my mother so she was really old (laughs) but she was a lady who had never had children for of her own and she was trying to teach a class of probably six four and five year olds she radiated with love for us. She absolutely beamed with love and for her Lord, and she used everything she could to tell us that she loved us and that God loved us too, unconditionally. At the completion of my schooling, I moved into the nearest town and was fortunate enough to find a room with the Parsonage family, and this was the EUB church. And they took me under their wing, and I was a part of their family, and so I went to that church, and that church took me under their wing too. And it was during this time that I met that very handsome young man and got to know him, And fell in love with him, and he said, he loved me too. And so with the help of that family, we were married in that church. And nine months later, and it's not what you think. (laughs) Our daughter was, we were married in 50, and our daughter was uh, born in November of 51. But, But we moved. And this was something that became a pattern in our lives. We moved because of work. And as soon after we arrived in our destination and got settled down, we began to look for a church. And there was a congregational church and a Methodist church in that town. And we chose the Methodist church because we felt more comfortable there. And those people took us under their wing and made us feel very much a part of that church family and helped us to understand that God was a God of love and not a God of vengeance. Um, And as I said, this became a pattern in our lives. We move and we moved in I don't know how many parts of the country because of work and soon after we got there we would start looking for a church home and without exception those people took us in, loved us, made us feel a part of the family, and helped us to grow in our faith. By and and many of these churches, even though they were Methodist, the worship services were different, and they had different interpretations of the Bible and the, and the scriptures. And this helped us to broaden our faith. And I, you know, I did a lot of these moves, kicking and screaming, but. In retrospect, it was a blessing because we were able to grow in our faith. So why do I come to church today? Well, as Jenny says, the the reasons vary on any given Sunday. Um, Is the bell choir playing? Am I serving coffee? (laughs) Today I came because Pastor Brad asked me to be here. and. (laughs) and Shannon asked me to help with the potluck. (laughs) But the most important reason that I come to church is because this you are family. Hmm. You are my church family. You are the people that I have come to know and to love and to care about. And together, we can share joys and concerns without reservation. We can laugh and cry together we can hug and and get hugs and we can work and play and and have our differences and still be friends and pray together for each other and and most of all we worship together and learn uh more about God and what he wants us to do and another reason I come to Aldersgate is because of the amount of opportunities we have to, to grow in our faith. There are there are just enormous amounts of opportunity, and one of them is the Bible studies that we attend. And let me just put a footnote right in here. If you have not signed up for Pastor Brad's <laughs> upcoming Bible study. Run. Don't walk to that table and sign up today. <laughs> and we eat and we share together and you are family. You are really family. And I want to tell you right now what that, that lady told that Sunday school class a long time ago. God loves each and every one of you unconditionally. And, be, and I love you too. You are family. Now Pastor Brad asked me to um, bring a symbol of my faith today and this is what these flowers are all about. I'm going to throw this thing on the floor. This flower over here is a begonia and this poor dear thing, (laughs) there's a bulb down here, you can't see it because it's down in the dirt, but that represents that seed of love that that Sunday school teacher put in my heart a long time ago. And the growth is a partial (laughs) example of the growth of my faith. this, This bulb was rooted in dirt. The seed that was in my heart is rooted in the Lord. This poor plant was hanging on the fence Uh, in another pot, and it has tried all summer to bloom. But uh, that fence is also uh, what the squirrels in our life have decided is their highway to go wherever they're going. So every time this plant has tried to bloom, they've come along to knock the top and the blooms off of it. And I'm not going to tell you what I think about the squirrels, except... (laughs) That's what I was going to say. They are God. <laughs> they are God's creatures, and we're supposed to love them. But I'd like, <laughs> but I'd like to love them from a very great distance. <laughs> but anyway, I noticed that this has new growth, so that tells me that every time we get knocked down, with God's help, we gr- we can grow again. Okay, now the flowers over here. If I can pick that up, are also but that's a begonia. That's a begonia. This is a this is also a begonia flower, but it comes from another plant that was in a better place. <laughs> and right here is a, a a bud, and this is the symbol of my faith today. Because it's not in full bloom, and that tells me that I need to be more open about sharing my faith. This flower is in full bloom, and I see this as where I will be when I finally meet my Lord and Savior, and where I can fully thank Him for walking beside me all of my life, and to thank Him for His love and for his guidance and for his grace. Amen. Amen.